0: Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today. Our guest today is Troy Falcon from a band called Counting Coup out of Billings, Montana, and Troy will be our guest in just a little bit. The jingle that hits like a single—that's the slogan they use at Jingle Lingo, an advertising vehicle designed to create a unique and personal jingle to promote and position your business and make it set, and make it stand out above the crowd. Think of all the musical jingles you may have heard through the years, right? Who wrote that? Who came up with that song? Who came up with that jingle? Well, Jingle Lingo can and will. Put your business into a higher vision and focus on all your advertising needs with a jingle. A jingle from Jingle Lingo. Custom-made, custom-designed, with you and for you through the talents of accomplished singer and songwriter Courtney Davis-Jackson. Check them out today and get to work on your new personalized musical jingle from Jingle Lingo. www.jinglelingo.com Jingle Lingo. The Jingle. That hits like a single. And the Counting Coup, our guests today, actually, it's just uh Troy Falcon from the band. And Troy, why don't you introduce the guest mem- uh band members that are not guests with us today?
1: <laughs> Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. My name is Troy Falcon. I'm frontman, bass player, lead singer for Counting Coup. I'm in this band along with my brother Toby Falcon, plays guitar, uh Brendan Fritzler. Who plays harmonica and ken clark on drums so you have a new drummer because i I think we spoke earlier i thought you were looking
0: for a drummer or you the drummer i had on my list was the wrong one that's what it was right right yeah but we we do have a drummer now yeah so how long has minus the new drummer how long
1: have the counting coup been together we so the th- uh three of us have been together since 2018 was the first counting coup show wow, no kidding Absolutely. what was that what was that so we, we ended up playing, um, craft local it's downtown Billings. It's a nonprofit that supports local arts. Everything about it is about being local. It's the beer that they serve, the art that's on the walls and the music uh, that stage Okay. Yeah. So that was our first, first outing. Uh, we played as a three piece for a long time. Um, just, um, uh, writing tunes and and getting to know each other and playing playing Uh more with each other and then um then we ended up finding somebody who wanted to play drums his name was matt cool and matt's been was with us for a couple years and we we'd gotten our debut album released with matt and um um, just this last season here he's decided to take a step back and Uh uh and I've played with Ken Clark for in other projects for a little while, and and he just he stepped right in and, and was right up to speed with us. How about that,
0: and when you first started, were you doing all originals right out of the gate?
1: Or were you doing covers too, or what? So it's always been an original project from the inception. That that's the goal is to write music, uh, mm-hmm. but playing playing out, especially locally, um, that was not feasible especially since you know you only can write a handful of songs at a time it right. seems so it's almost like we we had was 50 50 with original versus covers and we'd pick mm-hmm. covers um some covers that are are obviously just inherently people-pleasing but we wanted to stay true to ourselves and who we aspire to be as writers as well guys like johnny cash and guy clark and Townsends <clears> and <throat>
0: Is that how you play? Is that your pick and style? Oh, you're a bass player, right? Yeah, I'm a bass, bass player.
1: Yeah, I play some guitar, but Toby's the guitar player. Mm-hmm. And would you put his style
0: up to that of like Johnny Cash, Christopher, and guys like that?
1: Toby's got a really good, um, yeah, alt country, Americana strum. Um, he is also a pretty fluent Chuck Berry style rock and uh-huh. roll guitar player. And you'll see that if you see us live. You'll see where some of that oldies rock and roll sound comes to play
0: now uh toby is your brother right that's true Yep. so you guys have been together for a couple of years <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's my older brother so all my life which of you got the music bug first
1: you know um i would probably say we picked up the guitar around the same time learned from my father and then was he musical too? My dad was, yeah, yeah. Is, is musical. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's the one that showed us, showed us all these songwriters, um, that we like so much. I remember being about knee high, sitting on my dad's lap, singing Christmas in prison by John Prine. Oh, wow. And, um, so that's the type of type of musical inspiration that he gave us, the torch that he handed to us. And, uh, the the music of Counting
0: of Coo. I'm, I'm sure I keep thinking Counting Crows. Yeah, you know, because uh, I, I was just talking to a chap the other day about the song Hard to Handle, and I learned that there was an Otis Redding cover. So oh, now I'm I... now I'm seeing Counting Coo, and I'm thinking Counting Crows. I'm like, it's a cover, but you're not cover, but you do cover, but you don't do cover. I'm like, ah, <laughs> no worries. It's common. I need yeah. I need a vacation. <laughs> So uh,
1: what is counting coup? What's the name? What's the der- derivation of that name? So counting coup is a Native American term for an act of bravery. Coup oh, is no actually? kidding. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, there are many ways to count coup, but among the Plains Indians, it's it's most common to go up to your enemy and touch him, to strike him. That was, that's where coup comes from, to strike. To strike. And, and you don't strike him to kill him. You, you go up and you touch him to show him that I'm not afraid, you know, and the more times that you do this, the more times that you count coup, the no. more honorable warrior you are.
0: No kidding. You
1: know, I'd, I'd met earlier with uh,
0: the guest that's on Tomorrow, and I didn't realize how heavily your culture is immersed in the uh, indigenous people.
1: Yeah, well, so – Three of us, three of the four are indigenous, and that's where the, the, uh, the name comes from, Counting coup mm-hmm. That's what inspired us to call it that. Actually, when we first called ourselves Counting Koo, it felt almost um, out of reach, I guess, or like we were reaching for that. Um, it seemed like a lot to live up to, to call ourselves that. And then what we noticed as we played shows, introduced ourselves to more and more people, especially indigenous people, it that it becomes a sort of um, calling card, sort of like a symbol of pride, of bravery. It's people that can latch on to it and think um, positively uh-huh. about it. And I think that's really powerful f- just to see that from show to show.
0: Now, do you write most of your music, Troy, or do, is it a corroboration thing or how's that work?
1: The band It's a collaboration, um, lyrically, it's very heavily um, collaborating with my brother and I, Toby and Toby and I.
0: You guys live near each other?
1: Yeah, yeah. We live in the same town. Um, we actually lived together at the time that we started the band. Yeah, and so we we got oh an album's worth of songs down pretty quick because we were we were always together. Yeah. Now, now since have uh, both married. Um, started a family of ourselves and so we don't we don't get that creative time together all the time so we have you, to have, make- you, have, you have little coups running around the house right <laughs> we do <laughs> you know <laughs> so, uh,
0: when you guys sit around and jam just like a family thing will you show up with the guitar will he show up with the guitar and you guys say let's just pick around a little bit and what and if that happens what song or style of song usually emerges from that
1: you know the, the most time we get free freestyle jam like that i'd say is out camping really we're both because okay. yeah. we're both we're both avid fishermen and and we get out together in the summertime quite a bit and and i'd say um mostly it's again is it's we're feeding our souls we're feeding our fire right and so yeah. i end up playing a lot of john prine picking guitar um singing those songs that i grew up with and that keep inspiring me and and um yeah when we get together i'd say creatively we kind of when it comes to songwriting we kind of chase an idea a little bit
0: really does that idea begin with a lyric or does it begin with music usually
1: typically with the lyric we'll have some sort of some sort of itch some line that's been then it's just been the uh, piece of sand and the oyster for us.
2: And (laughs) I love that
1: a piece of sand and the oyster. That's great. And, and so we'll, we'll have this kind of concept like for Mary and me, for example, we wanted to write a song about some train robbers, kind of a a murder ballad type Uh song. And, and you'll notice there's no chorus to it. It's just one long story. One story. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so we, when we wrote that one we each had a guitar and we we had some lyrics down but we were really riffing off each other back and forth for a while and even brendan, brendan helped um hone that one too lyrically
0: that's really cool uh i was thinking when you were talking i'm really into the beatles right now i'm really into the beatles and uh all my loving was the first song that they wrote the lyrics to first everything else began with music interesting you know? I thought, that, yeah, one of those useless pieces of trivial nugget those trivial nuggets I've stored in my cranium for like forever. But I always find it fascinating, like, if I were to write, or when I try to write, I usually almost always write a lyric. I'll hear a phrase, I'll hear two or three words, or I'll put them together in my head, and I'm like, that's a sign, that's a sign, you know, that's a song. you know and then i start to force it i start to push it and trying to was it this is it that and i wonder if uh when you guys do that when you write a lyric first if that works best for you or if it's just one of the many processes you go through in writing songs
1: yeah i think it's probably just one of the many and it worked for us um it has worked for us really well not all of them are like that i'm trying to think of a song that that we started with the music. Um, yeah, typically, and, and you know, we we still have songs to write, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, do you have, like, a warehouse of lyrics that are just sitting someplace in cyberspace <laughs> or on your phone or a notepad
1: or something? Yeah. Like? What's funny is these days it's on our phones. Yeah. Um, I've got plenty of journals. I don't write them in, anymore. <laughs> uh, I just, we end up text, Toby and I will text lyrics back and forth. Dude, uh, I, I've got musicians that text like song
0: phrases. I, I had a guy <laughs> in Chicago who would call his partner who's in Tokyo and say, wow. "Hey, here's this." And
1: that's so. It. So yeah, I'll do that in my voice memos. I will if I have a certain no certain musically idea or something I want to incorporate to a song we already have. Like, can we like do a double stop here, bah, bah. Like I'll. Yeah. I'll explain it in my voice memo, so I don't forget that nugget.
0: And is Toby your go-to immediately on that? Your brother is he who you go to first, or do you send it out to everybody in the band? And say, here's what I'm doing.
1: Typically, um, typically, yeah. Toby's my go-to, and and vice versa. He is mine too. We're um, we're good at finishing each other's lyrics, but also just like bail me out here. I'm stuck. Of test <laughs> of you know, do you think this is good? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, yeah. Will, will I keep pursuing this? Do you think it's worth pursuing? It's like if we're excited about each other, um on a certain set of lyrics, that's when that's when we'll really chase that down and, and try to finish a tune. We got plenty of unfinished tunes, but it's always fun to sift through those.
0: Well, um, the first first of your songs we're gonna talk about is a song called Mary and Me, and immediately evoked images of uh uh let it be. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. And and what it was, that that was from what I understand, that was a dream that Paul McCartney had. Oh, and yeah. He, and then it wasn't Mother Mary like the sainted mother, but it was his mother, his Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. When I find myself in times of trouble, he had something turmoil going on with the band or John and Julian or John and Yoko, who knows, you know. And, and Mother Mary came to him so mm-hmm. i thought about that with with your song is that the sainted mary is it are, are we talking about paul mccartney's mom here again <laughs> no
1: not paul's mom <laughs> um, this this song is set in the um pre-statehood of montana you know back when back when we just had um booming mining towns um mm-hmm. the railroads had just been crossing through this terrain here and uh, this is all like pre-bat pre-badlands then, right right yeah. yeah this is this is um i don't know if it'd be pre-antebellum or post-antebellum but but um somewhere around there in that i would uh-huh. say the 1800s and yeah mary is just a name that that i tended to like i liked to say it out loud to think of this person Uh uh-huh um and it's a love story first and foremost you know the the man in the song isn't named um i've got a name for him but i don't i don't think i'll reveal that yet until his mom comes around but (laughs) um, mary mary is the counterpart to our train robber who's Mm -hmm. who's also a partner in crime
0: i love that i love the whole story thing i love uh, uh dan fogelberg did a, a a bluegrass album years ago called High Country Snows, and almost half the album was were story type Americana music, before mm-hmm. Americana became a word. And that's what this song reminded me of. It reminded me a lot of that style and that that storytelling thing. You know.
1: Well, yeah.
0: Thank Good you. job. Good job. <laughs> All right. Well, we're with the Counting Coup here on the Music of America podcast. First song we're going to listen to what we were just talking about, a song called Mary and. Mary.
2: Only 13 and 12, a lifetime COVID, it well.
0: The Counting Coup on the Music of America podcast from Billings, Montana. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. And that song was called Mary and Me. We have another song where we're going to talk with Troy Falcon about in a month called Yellow-Haired Ladies. But I first want to talk to you about blues growing up in St. Louis. The blues has been such a strong influence on my life. In fact, one of the logos we use here on the Music of America podcast, is a band called the Alabama Serenaders, way back in the 30s, and right there in the middle, with his saxophone pointed up to the gods, is my grandfather. Well, the Soulard Blues Festival, the B3 Festival, really showcases that deep-rooted blues heritage in St. Louis. The Soulard B3 Blues Festival in St. Louis is an outdoor concert festival held in historic Soulard Market. You you think of Memphis, you think of Beale Street, you think of New Orleans, you think of Bourbon Street, you think of Chicago, you think of Rush Street, you think of St. Louis, you think of Soulard. Great blues musicians, acts, music, industry workshops, partnership vendors, all a part of the Soulard community, quirky little arts and music craft vendors all take part in the b3 blues festival so it's called the soulard b3 blues festival you can find out more about it at the soulardb 3 fest.com website or contact dave beardsley through the link we have here on the music of america podcast the website so troy have you done festivals have you done big concerts what does counting coup do usually when you're doing shows
1: yeah yeah we've done a couple of festivals here um, um a couple of our favorite was uh, Red Ants Pants Music Festival, White Sulphur Springs, Montana. Wait, wait, the <laughs> Red Ants Pants? That's right, Red Ants Pants. So Red Ants Pants is a foundation and a clothing company founded okay. by Sarah Calhoun here in Montana. Um, her her vision for the clothing is workwear for women. And that's also the vision of the foundation is to promote working women in Montana in the trades. Um, But she throws the most amazing festival I've ever been to. Really? I don't know what, what sort of magic is cast when they put their lineups together, but it just, it puts together the most amazing group of people to attend. You've got all sorts of hippies and cowboys there in the field. It's actually a cow pasture. And it's, it's a weekend in July the hottest weekend but there's no complaint because it's just such a wonderful lineup every year
0: is it a three like thursday through sunday friday through sunday
1: yep it's, it starts thursday night with a street dance and then uh-huh. then it moves to the festival grounds for friday saturday Sunday.
0: and are you guys a showcase band or are you a buffer band what i call buffer band it's like you know it, it, we they have a lot of those things like that in, in vermont where i am half the year They have these festivals and they'll have like the Grace Potter such and such. But they might have at the Grace Potter Festival, they might have Counting Coup or uh, Dwight and Nicole or Dr. Rick and these other bands leading up to. So are you a showcase headliner kind of thing or is it? uh...
1: No, no, I'd say, you know, we're we're very much a support at this point. So two years ago, we were on the side stage. And a cool thing that they do with their side stages, they they have um, a wide variety of of acts. They're not all local acts, but there's quite a few local, there's quite a few touring bands that, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be able to, you know, land a big show, you know, on a main stage, but it's a good stopping point. And she asks her festival goers to vote for their favorite act on the side stage. Oh, that's interesting. That, that act gets to play in the main stage next year. That's so two- really cool few yeah. years ago we played the side stage and we're lucky enough to win wow. and we got to play we opened up the show then the following year on the main stage. How fun was that It was exhilarating um I had never played that was the biggest show I've ever played and you know what's funny is I wish I could remember it a little better <laughs> so hard um but it was it was. It was exhilarating for sure i mean
0: there there are artists that are listening to the show now because i get a lot of artists that listen to podcasts all over the country all over the world and they're listening to us and wondering what that might have felt like
1: even right. to be asked you know what i mean just right. to be
0: asked was yeah. cool yeah and know, then it, get a
1: chance to do it it was it was so wonderful i couldn't couldn't explain that and and i'm not kidding when i tell you that just attending the festival is magic um yeah. being on stage is it, it was mind blowing everybody that puts it on and is a part of making it run smoothly is just just so wonderful there um so yeah is it is that something you guys would
0: pursue in the future again that particular venue or would you want to be that guy at several things throughout the northwest or
1: you know you know both you know i would yeah. i'd go back to red ants pants anytime that they'd have us uh, but but that's another thing we're we're looking at other festivals throughout throughout the Northwest and Montana, especially. That um uh this past year we played Magic City Blues Fest here in Billings. That's been a bucket list item for us as well. Oh no kidding. Um growing up in Billings, it was it is the festival to go to in the summertime for an urban sort of feel. Mm-hmm. Um they've They've had great, great acts, um, blues, rock and roll, some country acts, too, um, throughout. And we had the chance this past year to play their side stage as well.
0: Not to harp on one particular subject, but Montana is sparsely populated. I'm coming from from Vermont, where the population is less than a million in the whole state. OK, so I get it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How far then would counting coup? be able to go before it stops making sense for us to do a show here what is your radius i guess is it 100 miles is it 500 miles is it a two-hour drive how do you how do you find that i guess
1: yeah when you live in a, a state as big as montana you end up counting hours instead of miles right right but there really isn't there isn't uh and that's too far to go to make sense i suppose As long as, you know, we're not hurting ourselves by pursuing that. um, Definitely needs to be, you know, if there's a lot of traveling involved, we need to make it make sense.
0: Right, right. right. Just enough, I mean, if we make X number of dollars for this gig and it costs X plus 12, then we're losing money. But if we can do this and break even or better, then you do the gig.
1: Uh, Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's why we'll we'll plan a run of shows a lot of times, because not everyone can be, you know, the what would you call? Just
0: there was there was a band that I, I I was friends with a guy, and they were out of Missouri called Matahuchi, and I've told the story maybe once or twice on this podcast, I think, but Matahuchi would tour twice a year, and they would start in St. Charles where they were, which is the outskirts of St. Louis, and they'd go to St. Louis and do a show and they'd go down highway 44 and they do a show in Rolla, Springfield, Joplin, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Joplin, you know what i mean? And it's just mm-hmm. one uh, one corridor from one yeah. part of the the stretch to the other they turn around and come right back. Twice a year. Twice a year and they made not buku money, but enough money to pay for the trip, have money in their pocket for each of them to go out and buy a new guitar or amp, you know? And they yeah. love the tour and the people got into the groove of that kind of uh tour thing that that like county coup is coming here in february and they're going to be right back in march yeah and then we won't yeah. slip till february next year is that There's something some... you could pull off in montana or is it too just still too big?
1: you know no i think it's ve- very doable we've got great venues all across the state and yeah. and i think you're right consistency um knowing okay yeah county is gonna you know come here twice a year we know they will and we're gonna when they come we're gonna want to go see them you know we do that um i do that myself as um just a music lover when somebody that i know like say corb lund from canada will mm-hmm. come down about once a year and pass through it's like i'm, I'm gonna go see corb because i i love his show and i know what to expect too <laughs> the
0: next uh, song of yours we want to talk about made me think of just just because yellow haired but it's yellow haired ladies lament but immediately I thought lit, yellow hair I got thinking about Custer because uh, I've been in Vermont for several months I came back and I've got facial hair and long hair and people that haven't seen me in months said oh my gosh you look like Custer so <laughs> I see this yellow hair ladies lament well I'm not a lady I'm not lamenting but I did have yellow hair at one time and that made me think about General Custer for whatever reason that's interesting you know we're about a hundred miles from Battle of the Little Bighorn. well that's what I thought because you're in Billings it's not that far away that's why I brought I brought up the uh the Badlands because you're not that far you know no. No. uh so no. is there a connection please tell me there's not a connection between yellow-haired ladies lament and Custer
1: no there's not that's a Thank funny I, I like the connection there that's <laughs> um that's interesting but no the yellow-haired ladies lament the yellow-haired lady in this instance is actually character in a different song. Oh. The Willie Nelson tune. It's called The Redheaded Stranger.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so she's we wrote this song in direct response to the Redheaded Stranger. Um oh, that's clever in, as hell. In Willie's song, The Yellow Haired Lady, it's implied that she's a prostitute. Um I've had some <laughs> some some deep conversation about well was she actually well you know I don't know but she meets the redheaded stranger <laughs> that sounds got all the
0: qualifications we just didn't see it on the resume I didn't write
1: hooker <laughs> <laughs> right. right yeah I don't exactly I don't think I don't yeah I don't think Willie ever came out and said it but it did say that redheaded stranger gave her some money and just didn't seem to care yeah. There's yeah. definitely a transaction happening there. Something happened there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she's. So the redheaded stranger is from blue rock, Montana, according to the song. Uh huh. And, and here that, that's one of my favorite albums. I think it's so cool that Willie Nelson was creating a concept album at the same time that pink Floyd was doing it. You know, I know. Isn't it great? <laughs> concept album um, blows my mind, but this yellow haired lady comes in here. We don't, find her name redheaded stranger spoiler alert shoots her for trying to steal his horse. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered why was she trying? Why was she so eager for his horse? Um, the horse belongs to his, his um, dead wife where, which if you listen to the rest of the album, He'd killed his wife for being unfaithful. But I just wondered, so there's bad feelings there, but I wondered, yeah, why was this lady so eager? And so I kind of put myself into her point of view and really had fun with it, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going to go back to Butte, going back to this mining town where we've got a prostitute. Yeah. And she's dreaming of being somewhere else. That's the premise of the song.
0: It's so cool how you're able to put those kind of stories together. I love that, man. It's such a such a gift. It really is. You know, to have someone who's like I got this idea and then sit there and write a couple of lyrics around it, but you're actually telling an entire story. It's like a mini novella in in a three, <laughs> and, a three and a half minute song. It's so awesome, man.
1: Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. It was funny. Um, one of my favorite writers is Evan Falker of the Turnpike Troubadours.
0: I heard of yeah,
1: and he's played quite a bit of inspiration in, in the way I'd like to write mm-hmm. um, and it kind of ties into this song here uh, Evan, his his works are very much like literature to me yeah. and he creates this world through cross albums, you'll find these characters in different albums and different stories about the same character you just know him by their first name and sometimes he doesn't even say it the name, but you know who he's talking about and in, in this one here, I took a little bit of inspiration of that, and this song is told from the perspective of the yellow-haired lady, but to talking to her friend, Mary. The same
0: Mary from earlier. True, Yep. Wow. How cool, man. Let's give it a listen, all right? Yellow-haired lady's lament. With the, our our guest today, Troy Falcon from The Counting Coup from Billings, Montana, here on the Music of America podcast, and this is Yellow-Haired Ladies' Lament. Yellow hair
2: pulled up And her dress bellows down A couple dollars Could be the other way around Sitting in the sun. If you take
0: Browning Coup, our guest today here on the Music of America podcast, that song called The Yellow-Haired Lady's Lament, which ties into the previous song, Mary and Me. Our guest is Troy Falcon. We're going to talk to Troy Falcon a little bit more about Montana and Billings and, and his heritage and just everything that's fascinating to me in the conversation that we're having off mic. But right now, I want to talk to people about Vermont, River Ridge Farm. Vermont's recreation lover's dream is this gorgeous vacation rental. It's nestled in the Green Mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farm is an escape to everything wonderful that Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields with mountainous views, pasture, a pond, a tree-lined river frontage. So just go and enjoy this beautiful spot right in the heart of the Green Mountain State. Along with the multiple nearby ski and mountain resorts, there are breweries, biking trails, hiking trails, snowshoe trails, and other tourist activities, if you're into the tourism thing at this time of year. This spot is unique, though, due to its multiple mountain views and the resident farm animals. Talk to Diana, the owner. She just posted some pictures on Instagram of her and her cows, but my grandson got the biggest kick out of petting the pigs. So if you're going out there, make an arrangement with Diana about interacting with the farm animals. And if you don't want to, cool, that's fine. Just do a nice comfortable farm stay in this very comfortable modern farmhouse, which sleeps about 11 guests easily. There's enough space on location to throw events like New Year's parties or graduation parties, weddings, or just relax and rejuvenate in the beautiful mountainous Vermontan landscape. Check them out. River Ridge Farms, they're on Facebook, but to find them on Facebook, you have to go to River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville or through Airbnb River Ridge Farms Vermont. River Ridge Farms, Vermont's Recreation lover's Dream. On my bucket list is to hit Montana, Wyoming. I'm a hockey guy and I want to take my grandson to see the St. Louis Blues play every road venue there is. So we want to go to Edmonton, Banff. On, a, on one of our so how far are you from alberta
1: oh we're quite a ways you know we're south central montana so um i don't know how many miles it is but it'd be about five hours travel north so to even what Kansas. what
0: province is above you most then well it's wyoming above I'm, you so what's above is it is so is Wy- that-
1: wyoming, wyoming's below us um uh, montana oh. borders canada and we would border both um alberta and a little bit of saskatchewan
0: okay are you a hockey guy
1: i'm not no i like to catch the game when it's on i think there's something cool about uh just the attitude of hockey
0: that's that's a great way of putting it the attitude of hockey i i take my grandkids to hockey games and stuff and every once in a while i'll I'll lean in and i'll say you know they're doing this all on ice skates you know (laughs) Yeah. they're not running up and down cuz they play basketball and soccer but you know they're running up and down on a field and I'll, they're doing this on skates that's a, a fascination yeah. to me yep
1: yeah, it is and it, you know all the other professional sports your protocol it, your the way you conduct yourself is is pretty controlled you can't really get too out of hand
2: hockey players are more.
1: very controlled Back to music, then. What's music
0: like? Can you make a living doing music in Billings? Uh,
1: you know, solely just in Billings? No, I don't well, think in, so. In... yeah can do it, but, but um, it, it's doable as Billings as a home base, yes. Okay. Is. So explain. Like, How's it? Well, uh, you know, Billings has such a thriving uh, music community. I think you, if you ever came here and, and saw saw so the amount of musicians per capita that we've got and the scale of musicians that we have, I think, um, it just blow you away. Um, but like w- when we're talking about making music and being a business, um, a, a big thing about that is, is, uh, not oversaturating. So we play hometown every few months or so, you know, we, mm. we, just a few times a year. Otherwise, um, Just like anything you get too exposed um or or people don't know when to expect to see you so that part of business is always kind of a fine line but you can definitely make your your home here home base here and um like i said there's plenty of, of fantastic venues all across montana um and we're we're pushing ourselves to to even go past that and go into Idaho and, and Washington and Wyoming.
0: It's interesting because my my guests from Anchorage, I had several guests from Anchorage, Alaska, and they had almost the exact same story, almost the exact same, that if you stay and just play in town, you'll saturate the market in less than a year and nobody will want to come hear you. Yeah. So you have to find other venues. You have to find other places to get your name out there.
2: Yeah. And it's
0: so spread out there and it's so spread out in
1: I mean, I hit Wyoming and Montana mixed up, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know that that there's a fine line to it because when you're first starting out, like when we first started playing here, we played um once a month, if not more. Because you have to get you have to put yourself in front of many people. And especially when you're first starting out, you're you're looking at crowds less than a hundred. So you have to play a lot of shows at less than a hundred to reach thousand yeah. people. So just doing that really beating the streets um, is really crucial but at a certain point it does turn into like what we talked about earlier about the consistency of a of a traveling structure yeah you know um, especially breaking into new markets is tough different cities or different states um, consistency is i think key there too is to not expect a lot you know maybe on your first show or two but kind of keep growing that and staying consistent with it to grow your name
0: we talked off camera before this section here about your heritage and about your tribe and does tribalism and reservations and that does that factor into this and let's talk a little bit about your specific tribe that just got
1: recognized in 2021 did i get that right uh it's been a few years i don't know if it was it's somewhere between 19 and and 21 um just a few years ago um you know I don't I wouldn't say that tribalism makes a makes a big difference other than um we've been very grateful to be included by different tribal communities and Mm. tribal organizations um it's really good to see and kind of what I was speaking to about um County coup being a, a call sign of something that we can all look to as positive yeah. We've been included in, in inter-tribal communities about raising up the arts and raising up the tribal arts, especially indigenous people, indigenous artists. And and that's been great to see. Um, it also, because there's reservations all over the state and all over the country, mm-hmm. um, that can be a good way to reach into a, a new area because we've got sort of a sort of a welcome already by being tribal or or being part of these intertribal organizations like TRIA or well TRIA would be the main one there for what is what is TRIA TRIA is a a non-profit organization here I think they're based out of Billings um, but it's spreads across the northwest and it is mission is to raise up indigenous artists expose them to the art market um, to help help them become successful um with with the art that they create
0: how do you think your heritage because we've heard a couple of songs that are connected how does your heritage
1: play into your songwriting process i mean it it's sort of sort of steeped in it i would think you'll notice that oftentimes we kind of bend towards the blues and a lot of that is musically because brendan is a blues harmonica player but also lyrically we've got some sad lyrics and lyrics about hard times and that that comes from personal experiences growing up the way we grew up and generational traumas that are passed down even um even accidentally or or not meaning to right, sort of right.
0: thing. interesting you brought up the word blues because your last song is exactly that it's the end of the trail blues and it's the last song which is the end of our musical trail in this podcast how <laughs> interesting how that works out what's the
1: song about the end of what trails the end of what so end of the trail this is another homage to another piece of art. There's a piece of art, and I don't remember the artist's name. I should I should know this um, if I'm going to continue to tell the story. I'll look it up for next time. But okay. um, there's an art piece called End of the Trail. And it's, um, it's a Western staple if you've ever seen especially consumable art, like um, prints and stuff made, um, statues. The End of the Trail is a native warrior on horseback, typically on a sunset and he's slumped over. It's a very sad piece. He's slumped Mm -hmm. over his horse is even slumped over. So it's kind of this picturesque um, Western vibe, but with a um, broken down, beaten native warrior on it. It's Uh called the end of the trail. And it's kind of one of those staples. I mean, and this could just be my experience, but I've saw it a lot growing up. And I wondered to myself as I got older, well, how am I supposed to feel growing up seeing that all the time? You know, if I'm supposed to be proud of my heritage, what does that mean that this is such a prolific meme, this end of the trail? That's what brought about the inspiration to write about it, to write a song about it, and especially a blues song about it. Yeah.
0: I was while we were talking, I was trying to pull up because there's an image I have, and it, it might be that I when you were talking, I, I had this image of exactly that—a warrior, and he's kind of like this, and the horse is kind of like this, but he yeah. still has his his uh
1: regalia, yeah.
0: regalia, and his breastplate,
1: and his got a spear and a shield too. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think I've seen that picture. And I'm like, yeah. that's what this is about. That's amazing. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you see it i think toby even has a belt buckle with it on it no kidding Uh,
0: yeah well well troy i gotta tell you just this i didn't anticipate this in this conversation this interview this is just fascinating how you're able to take your story the story of your life and not just your life but the the life that surrounds you and not just write a song but you've written a whole story about it through music i just i'm blown away
1: Thanks, Tom. That's Thanks. No, really cool. It means a lot to me. I mean, we talk about Counting Coup being a sign of positiveness, yeah. um, positivity. Um, this song itself is the war cry to that, I would say, because um, the line of the song, the punchline to this song is that this is not the end of the trail. It's almost like the beginning, man, with things
0: that are happening in the world right now and your elevation to recognition a few years ago now you know, your tribe right yeah. uh it could be the beginning of a trail right that's I, I am so in tune with this oh my gosh look at me <laughs> <laughs> you get it man you do i no man you guys did it that's great counting coup is the band troy falcon our guest today the last song we're going to listen to is the end of the trail blues Coup on the music of america podcast their last song called the end of the trail blues and i don't want this to be the end of the trail man this is like such a great conversation i want to have this go on for hours and yeah, i know i say that a lot but i really mean it about this because it's fascinating it's historical and it's it's you it's your life you know and you're telling a story about it, it just has me enrolled i want to go more
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks tom thanks for having me
0: oh man thank you thank you for this i I, I love these kinds of podcast interviews troy falcon our guest today troy this is the last segment of the show we call this shameless self-promotion so this is where you get to tell us how we can help you how we can support you buying merch buying your music buying albums cds or whatever so tell us anything and everything you want to about uh that will involve your shameless self-promotion
1: all right thanks tom Well, the songs that you guys heard today and and the rest of them are from our debut album. You can find that on anywhere you stream your music. You can buy it on Apple. You can buy it even on Amazon. Um, But a good way to get in touch with us is to go to countingcoot.net. That's C-O-U-P, countingcoot.net. And you can join our mailing list. You can um, contact us, send us an email, correspond with us. Um, It'll show you our upcoming... Um, show dates things like that um let's see here we've got a hometown show planned here december 29th that's tomorrow tomorrow. that is wow and um we'll be we'll be showing our our original material a few there'll be a few covers in there we're also really excited we've been working on some new materials. Um, we've been in the studio and you can look forward to that being released over the next few months into 2024.
0: Cool. tours, uh, concerts, anything like that in 24? We're working on putting
1: together uh, some festival runs and and putting some show streams together, some some date streams.
0: Let us know and let us know how we can support you through the Music America podcast website, www. (laughs) But if there's something we can do to help you, man, I just, I love your art. I love your craft. I love what you guys have done with this. And it's, it, it, it just having this conversation just shines a whole new light on all of your music. And I hope that has done that also for our audience. Good job, man. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. All right. Up next, we're going to wrap up our visit in Montana with a, Soul singer, former opera singer, rhythm and blues, you name it, man. She can do it. She goes by Nicole Gobert. If you see her at school, though, the kids will come up to you and say, Hi, Ms. Gobert. But it's Nicole Gobert tomorrow, wrapping up Montana on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com